0: download recorded thursday october 5th 2017 this is episode 24 vessels for google welcome to download a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff that you care about i'm jason snell I am uh, joined this week by two wonderful guests, Florence Ion, host of Material on FM, and all about Android on Twit. Flo, welcome back to Download.
1: Hello, Jason, or good morning, I should say. Thank you for having me.
0: Happy fall to you.
1: Happy California fall. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, I I don't want to, you know, it fall's a a little different.
0: It's (laughs) its own thing. It's its own thing. (laughs) We do have seasons here. They're just weird seasons. Also, editor-in-chief of PC World, John Phillips. Hey, John hey jason
2: hey flo how are you guys doing pretty good pretty good good Good.
1: to have you here also my former boss twice over (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: and jason was my former boss it's funny how this works it's
0: amazing how it goes uh uh, these are the in in this episode uh we've chosen stories it's me and download producer Stephen hackett who runs relay fm so he's sort of my boss but uh don't tell him hi steve
3: <laughs> I feel like there's like an IDG reunion and I I'm just sort of I've crashed the party. Yes, so to speak. That's right. You're hiding under the uh, under the table, just uh <laughs> oh, wow. pushing the buttons that's... down there. You're making the
0: hmm. show go. All right, so we have chosen the most interesting stories of the week. Um and tech keynote season may be coming to an end, but not before the big made by Google event that happened this week, which is gonna take, I think, most of the oxygen out of the room for this episode. Um, lots of stuff announced by Google. On Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? Was it really just Wednesday?
1: October 4th.
0: Amazing. It seems so long ago already. So much to talk about. Uh, Let's start with the phones, though. The Google Pixel 2 and the Pixel XL 2. uh, New smartphones made by Google... They've got lots of. They've got a little, a little different design. They've got a powerful Snapdragon processor. They've got this kind of wild, new upgraded camera. That's a single camera with dual pixels inside to do Mm -hmm. portrait modes and things like that. Um, A whole bunch of other stuff uh on these and this of course is the google defining what a what a uh what its vision for a high-end android phone looks like and i know that both of you that's one of the reasons that i asked you guys to be on the show but both you care a lot about android phones so i'm interested in your take on this revision on the pixel uh flow what do you think what what stands out uh, on this product for you
1: I think it's actually the exclusive software features where well, I don't think they're going to be super exclusive. I think eventually they're going to come to other Android devices. But I am just, I was just really curious about this new approach to like AI first, kind of having that be like the driver of the mobile platform. It's definitely in line with everything else that Google is attempting to do with its product lineup. Because um, the hardware itself, so I actually pre ordered. I didn't pre-order I guess I did pre-order. Yes. I pre ordered the Pixel Two, which is the smaller of the two. It's the one with the quote unquote bigger bezels. Um because the hardware, you know, as much as I'm like gung ho for that and I definitely want like what they rated as DxO-rated number one camera, mm-hmm. number one smartphone camera on the market right now with a score of 98. Um, you know, while I'm definitely intrigued by all of that, while I'm definitely intrigued by this new way of life that apparently uh, iPhone users have already been living, this headphone jackless life, uh, it's oh, yeah. it's the assistant that I really want to try out. I want to see what this supposed like portrait mode that apparently is... Apparently it's executed through the help of some AI some software that's driving like the camera to sort of fuse like pixels and create this you know portrait for you. Um, I'm curious about like the new interface, the way that Google, you know, even the small little change of moving the search bar to the bottom of the home screen. Like, I'm curious about that usage for my everyday life. Is it going to change how often I use that search bar? Is it going to change the way I'm interacting with Android? Um, I'm trying to think about what else is sort of exclusive. Uh, Google Lens. I'm really curious to see, you know, we kind of had goggles, which was a sort of uh, beginning version of that. Like, I'm curious to see what this new iteration is, and is this something that I'm really going to reach to use in my daily life, or is it going to be just another sort of like, hey, and it also does this kind of feature? Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm curious about the new Google experience that they they want me to a part of
2: flow definitely hit on a lot of the intriguing um additions so um oh, i did i did do the hands-on with the pixel the pixel 2 xl yesterday um and i tried portrait mode and i was very very impressed with what google is able to do as far as background blur and bokeh effects just via that you know that single camera so we we didn't get to uh, test the camera itself. And so I think what we're gonna find and, and what DXO Mark, you know, apparently bore out through their testing is that the camera itself is a really, really good camera. It's not about megapixels, it's about it's about the optical image stabilization and and just everything else that the sensor can do. But the portrait mode was was really effective um, and you know they're doing it with 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 algorithms, and they're doing it with machine learning algorithms. So we expect it to get better and better over time. But you're looking for what we're looking for is how does how does that portrait mode um, react to hair, and can it separate like the fine strands of hair from the background? And um, both the Note Eight in, in our recent tests and um, iPhone Eight Plus have trouble with that. And um, Google the the Pixel 2 XL also had trouble with it, but it's doing it with a single camera. So that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, Google Lens, that looks really cool, too. I don't know. It's one of those things where you don't really know if you're really going to be using it all the time. Um, like with so many smartphone features, they're there and waiting for you to, to um, exploit. But oftentimes we just forget they're there or there's just not enough use cases in our life to take advantage of it. But uh, what they are showing with that did look really cool. Just the ability to take a photo through lens of an email address and have it immediately go into into the phone. And then from there, you could use it in your whatever mail program you choose. So that looks good. Uh, I think the physical design is a lot better. So there's, again, I only played with the Pixel 2 XL, not the Pixel 2. But it's going with this new 18 by 9 or really 2 by 1. Aspect ratio, so you get a lot more display size in a in a form factor that's that's really easy to hold in the hand. And so that's if you're just talking about the Android world, that's that's something that you know everyone was hoping Google would embrace because it's received such positive reception in um, in Galaxy phones and LG phones. So that was a great addition that makes me want to um, go from the Pixel XL that I'm using now to the Pixel Two XL. Um, and then, just to circle back to what Flo was saying, like yeah, this is all about AI and machine learning, and Google is really sort of like you know leaning into its uh, its expertise that it's developed over years of search, and you know that this is what they do. They they are trying to um, to machine learn <laughs> the entire world. And I also found a lot of uh, elements of the keynote to be a little. Uh, scary. It, it seemed a little bit, uh, it, you know, like is this the future? Like everything is being watched and re- and and observed, and from there we're going to be able to spot your face from from Google Earth. I mean, how, it, they that, they didn't say that, but it <laughs> seems like that's where it's going. And I think a lot of people are beginning to get, rightly so, alarmed at just like how, um, you know, sort of like how Big Brother Google is becoming. And and but they're not, they're not. Uh, they're not hiding from that they're there's that that's they're evangelizing that during their during their product demos
0: well i thought it was yeah, really I, amazing that sundar came out and said here here we're going to show you a bunch of our new hardware because we're ai focused which is like well, wait a second <laughs> but but i i you know i think they did a pretty
3: good job of explaining how those things go together Stephen, what do you want to say yeah i mean apple has always pitched you know hardware and software and And that's kind of been their game for a long time. I think Google's kind of taking that philosophy to the next level and saying, hey, you know, in the future, it's going to be hardware, software, and AI. And I think we're going to talk about the Clips product uh, in a little while, but I think that's really where a lot of that's focused. But um, you said something interesting, John, about the design, how the Pixel, especially the XL – is moving to this, you know, two to one ratio, it's got smaller bezels, but it still feels like they're a little behind what Samsung is doing, you know, with their, you know, screen all the way to the edge. Um, And if you look at the regular pixel, it's that thing looks straight out of 2015 or something. It's real clunky bezels at the top and bottom. Do you think that's a big deal for this phone for people looking at this phone? Or do you think that this is just a viaduct for the software?
2: I think it's a viaduct for the software. And it's true when the Pixels came out last year and you saw those top and bottom bezels especially. It looked really, I mean, it looked like dated design. Um, but I think when, if, if you're actually walking into a carrier store and you and you have all the phones in front of you, I'm not really sure, unless you're a total phone nerd, you're going to, I don't think you're going to obsess over over the the two displays and say to yourself like oh my god you know this Pixel two XL is is just so backwards looking compared to the the Note eight I think I think this is a trap that tech reviewers often fall in because you know you're looking for things to critique and so um, product design like the actual industrial design of a product is is something that's it's in your face it's real easy to observe and talk about and so we we can go a a lot into the bezels. But when it comes down to it, um, the display on the Pixel 2 XL, and and remember, the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL do have different display technologies. The display looks great, um, but I think uh, one of the things that the Pixel taught me is that more than ever, software matters and user experience matters in a very Apple-like way, and so, you know, Apple's not going down this AI path. They're, they're talking about hardware and software and marrying the two together. I think Google's realized that's super important. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the Pixel because it's just sort of, it's got everything you need, but it's not full of all the extra stuff that Samsung puts in. So if you, if you take home a, a, a Galaxy phone, you're gonna be overwhelmed with like all the different options, all the, all the menus you, you would need to read to master your phone. Some people really get into that, and a portion of me does get into that. But um, for for mainstream America, I think I think what Apple is doing and now what what Google is doing is much more sensible, and um, you know it recognizes how people really use their phones. It's I, I think what did what did Sundar he called it radically helpful? Was that the word he used?
0: Flow. Flo, what do you think about like is is Samsung? Uh, we we brought up Samsung before. It's like Google and Samsung obviously are partners in Android, but at the same time, it's hard not to look at this phone and think this is Google saying, "Well, yeah, but this is what it really should look like uh, when when we control everything." Are they? Um, are they serious this time and is this a, a phone that is going to reach a mass audience or is it more of uh, it, more Google making a point about what it views Android being are they you know basically is this is this for real is Google really going to um, start selling a lot of uh, hardware itself or is this because we've seen them try in the past and it's never really worked before
1: no because um, even with like the Verizon backing it didn't really help the first-generation Pixel sort of sell. And I don't know that this is the time that, you know, Google's going to, like, miraculously become this sort of, like, giant, you know, hardware pusher. I think that the Samsung name resonates a little bit more with the common consumer than the Pixel name. I think people know Google. They know Google as the search company. They know Google as this company that provides these online services, I think that people who are using, you know, Android phones know that the phone that they have is actually just kind of a pipeline for these services. I don't think, I don't think they think of Google as like the hardware provider. Um, but then again, I mean, even with, I don't know, I'm still trying to like parse what we're going to see from this, uh, HCC investment quote unquote. All right. But but uh, but as far as just like the Pixel 2 being the thing that you know helps move Google forward as a hardware company, I don't think that's it's going to make. I don't think it's going to make much of a move. I think it's just going to be another like reference device and used by enthusiasts. John, what do
0: you think? Are we are we uh, do do we as tech reporters get more excited about Google hardware announcements than is merited based on uh, how they actually sell?
2: Well, they're they're they're. they're there have been pixel fulfillment issues. Um, so it's sort of hard to tell exactly how well they sell. I think um, I would, my answer would be no, because it's simply based on the fact that the advertising is everywhere now. And so I, I, I got to confess, I, I never really look at, I'm not deeply attuned to sales numbers. I mean, I, I am when it comes to Apple because it's such a big story. Um, that sort of that transcends just technology. I'm not, I'm not super aware of, of pixel numbers. I know there are fulfillment issues which should suggest that people want to buy more of them. Um, but you also look at just all the advertising around this made by Google uh, initiative, and they showed probably all those ads <laughs> yesterday. Um, and so people are seeing the billboards. they're seeing the ads on, on uh, national TV. Uh, and I think they are drumming up a lot of excitement. And I forgot who wrote this, but I remember just amid the flood of media reaction yesterday, someone, you know, basically said, uh, so someone did say, well, Google is now, you know, my, has much more mind share than HTC in the, in the phone game, which I believe is true because, you know, pe- we see the ads and they're, and they're getting their name out there. Um so I, I I don't know how it's going to sell, but I, I think much more so than the first generation Pixel phones, people are paying attention.
0: Well, it takes time too. I mean, they they're they're starting from from uh, zero again with the Pixel line, and um, I guess yeah. that would be the broader question: is even if the Pixel two you know is sells more than the Pixel one, uh, they're they're obviously not going to match up with Samsung in terms of sales today. But uh, it, you know it seems to me like they are on a path where they want to be taken seriously and they want to sell a lot of these and not just be a reference anymore, even if it might take them a few years of diligence and just continuing to refine their product to get
1: there. I think they got a knockout. Um, I think globally, I don't think globally it's going to have an impact. I think maybe in the United States or rather in the, the, Few territories where they're really, you know, uh, going to launch this product and kind of like go really hardcore with the marketing. I think maybe there it might have some impact, but I'm just thinking like at a global scale of the other comp, the other competition, you know, the global competition and like basically what Google's to compete for, and it's <laughs> it's a, it's It's a little overwhelming.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's take a break. I I do want to ask about headphone jacks and wireless headphones a little bit, too, because that is something that came up. But before we do that, let me take a break and tell you about one of our sponsors. This episode of Downloads brought to you in part by Text Expander from our friends over at Smile. Communicate smarter with Text Expander. You can use it to power through repetitive communication by standardizing and improving those written replies you send every day. With Text Expander, you can recall your best and most frequently used words. It's like magic. You create a keyboard shortcut and text text expander pulls in the phrase that you need you might not have even been able to think how exactly do i phrase that just put it in a snippet from text expander and then it'll just pop in when you need it you can use it for an email sign off an introductory greeting a fillable template to take notes in a meeting format dates autocorrect spelling you can even use to search your team's collected knowledge with a few letters and a hotkey you can uh, collaborate more efficiently in tools like slack with text snippets you can automatically press the tab key uh, in in your web browser and your email so the workflows flow more quickly you can even make it really easy for you to create text snippets inside your web browser if you spend any amount of your day typing you need to try text expander and guess what you get to try it for free for 30 days on mac ipad iphone or windows just go to text com slash download fm and start your free trial today thank you to text expander and smile for supporting download all right flow mentioned it earlier and uh, i gotta come back to it yes uh, welcome to the world of no headphone jack um and it, it's it's funny because this is also uh well our phone doesn't have a headphone jack but guess what it's got wireless buds.
3: earbuds.
1: They're your little buddies, and they hang around your neck.
0: Yep, the, pix- <laughs> the Pixel buds for one fifty nine. Unlike Apple's AirPods, they do actually have a tether; they are connected to each other. But they have a charging case, and they they pair with phones, and they you know all, all of those things that we know. Uh, and it's got gestures on it, and all of that. Um, I'm, I'm just curious what both of you think about this this move the uh, the trend by uh, hardware makers away from Standard headphone jacks and th- and I guess separately this uh, category of the wireless uh, the wireless headphones that is is growing more and more every day. Flo, what do you think about uh, no headphone jack? Are you are you accepting this or are you uh, unhappy about it?
1: I'm gonna accept this because I think it's time that I that I live like the rest of you. Uh, first of all, and. Uh, <laughs> And just, I'm just going to connect that dongle to a little auxiliary, auxiliary cable in my car and we'll just deal with it. Uh, but I'm also excited because the Pixel Buds, the special little kicker is that, um, because they have Assistant built in, you can use Assistant to help you translate 40 different languages. And the very idea of this is it's so future facing it's the demo was just so cool. I don't even, I don't even know if that Swedish was accurate or anything like that, but just to see the demo happen, like in real time, just to think of the fact that that could be me, (laughs) that could be me very soon, just being in, you know, maybe I'm in another country or maybe I'm with, maybe I'm with some of my cousins who, you know, their Romanian is a little more, um, it's a little more intermediate, uh, compared to mine. And maybe I need a little help understanding some things they're saying, like, it's just so cool. It's very cool.
0: I thought it was a great demo. Although to be fair, I mean, what what they're saying is here's our new phone and here are our new head, our new headphones and look at our translation stuff that we all, that you already, I think know about, but here it AI is. First. It's like, You know, it's not, it's a cool feature um, that doesn't really have anything to do with the headphones or the phone, but it it is an amazing demo. Amazing. Totally like Universal Translator Star Trek kind of stuff.
1: I think you kind of, you were making a a bit of a good point in there. Uh, The idea that a lot of this hardware that was announced yesterday is, it really is just a vessel for the Google abilities. They are all just vessels for these Google abilities. And it's all just like a way to make us more um, to sort of normalize this technology in our lives, to normalize the idea of a company having so much access to us. And, oh, but here's what we'll give you in return.
0: Well, from a marketing perspective, I mean, I I think this is what I was saying earlier about uh, Sundar Peshai saying that, that, welcome to our hardware event, we're going to talk about AI, is that whether whether the AI is driving all of these hardware decisions, which I am skeptical of, in terms of how they're marketed, right? It's like it's not that these are headphones that are wireless; it's that we have auto translation stuff that works using machine learning and all of our power of being in the cloud. And uh, the the like you said perfectly the the head the hardware is just a vessel for what they're doing. Uh, John, do you do you buy that? Do you does that does that make sense to you or or no? <laughs>
2: It makes sense. I'm not sure I see it quite so cynically. Uh, <laughs> so, first of all, I would just to go all the way back to one of your original questions. I, um, yeah, I haven't used wired headphones in about two years, so I'm completely fine with ditching the headphone jack. And I felt that way about the iPhone too. So this and all the other Android phones. So that's number one. Number two, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, clearly their Google from a financial standpoint has a vested interest in getting us as, um, as, you know, integrated into their world as possible because, you know, they're still there. The way they make money is off of advertising. And, uh, so there, you know, there's always an advertising angle. I don't know exactly where the advertising angle is when it comes to translation, um, so, but I, but I think I, I think it's a little bit more innocent than than maybe what we have heard in the past ten minutes. I think they they know where their strengths are. It's an AI that's that's developed through machine learning. They're thinking about well, how can we use this to improve the, the user experience? Ultimately, to sell more things. True, but they're sort of they're going where their strength is, and so um, and I think all technology companies are doing that. So, um, you know, Apple, Apple does it with where their strengths lie in, in design itself. Uh, I was talking to one of our videographers yesterday who's talking about, you know, Sony, uh, you know, builds the sensors for a, for a lot of uh, for the smartphones we use, but they don't really have a big smartphone story in the United States. But but people will buy Sony phones because they want the camera. Uh, they want the camera sensor that goes in a Sony phone, so Sony is going with that strength. So I don't, I don't begrudge Google that. Um, their, their thing is AI, and they're trying to think about how it fits into their hardware story. Well,
0: I don't begrudge them either. I think it's I, I think this is the way you do it. Mean, why, why do made-by-Google hardware, right? Why even do it? And the answer is because Google is saying, look, it is better if we are working on all the parts of the product <laughs> together, which is, on, on an abstract level, even though their, their strengths are different, is very much the argument that Apple has made for a long time, that Microsoft makes to a certain degree with the Surface products. Like, it is... Well, when we control the software and the hardware and the services, we get to do interesting things that uh, because we can build them all with with a goal in mind. And I totally saw that with the with the Google announcement this week. I, I mean, again, the people making the uh, the Pixel Buds are probably like the the hardware engineers are probably not like thinking we're making a translator device. They're thinking we're making Bluetooth headphones. But the bigger story is that it the reason they're important is because they fit into the the bigger picture of what. google's trying to do and uh yeah i'm i'm i have lots of wired headphones that i still use but i've kind of accepted it too it is funny how for all the hue and cry about this it seems like all the manufacturers have just gotten over it it's like oh well there's one less thing we have to build into our product so let's get it out
2: and it opens the door for you know better um better water resistance and so there's a bunch of really good ideas for this yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to the to Bluetooth headphones, yeah, it's the the, the power. Um, what you're going to do about power management is really the biggest problem. But um, and there's also latency. So if you're if you're watching um, anything with you know spoken words well, actually that's on truly wireless headphones you're gonna have a latency issue
0: yeah although they're pretty they're pretty good about it now but those sync ups are are i, I remember trying to watch video on bluetooth headphones a couple of years ago and being incredibly disappointed and um in the last year it hasn't been a problem i think that the yeah for for stuff that's pre-recorded uh, for live it's a little more of a problem because there's a little more latency but they the, the audio syncing is not bad
2: but but the the but if you go all the way back to like the Nexus devices, which were sort of compromised Google made devices, they were had never had the best hardware specs. Right, um, and it, you know you could say one one of the rationales for that is Google didn't want to, um, you know, didn't want to usurp the their, its partners. But now they're all in, and, and they are a major OEM of hardware, and I love it. That's you know that. I remember I used an iPhone for years until I switched to to Android a couple of years ago, maybe maybe three years ago now. But I I know what what Apple could deliver through that that perfect synergy between hardware and software, and that's what Google is doing with Pixel. And you know they and I I think they're they're um, I don't know they just make better decisions than Samsung. Although the Note 8 has a lot going for it. If if Google came out with a phone with a with a pen, and remember they just came out with a with a pixel book with a pen um, yeah imagine what what that would do to the to the note market for samsung that that would be exciting
1: and john's point is exactly why i pre-ordered the pixel 2 So <laughs> <That's all> i <laughs> wanted to jump in and say oh, yeah yeah what do you because th- of my my new trust in google yeah yeah
0: yeah uh, what flo what do you think about this google clips uh, thing which is like the ai smart camera that just you put it somewhere and have it take pictures for you that's a that is a product that i uh it's not a, it's not quite a digital camera but it is it's not quite a gopro but it kind of is it's uh it's different what do you think
1: uh, first off, will you please tell Wall Street it is not a GoPro? It is totally not. I mean, it's a, it's a blob that it's, it takes
0: pictures, but I mean, literally that's it, right? It's, it's, it's
1: just the poor, like all the action cam, you know, their stocks are like falling because people are like, Oh, Google announced a camera. But anyway, um, it's not that kind of camera. It, I, and as far as I know, it doesn't even record audio. So it's just this sort of camera that, I imagine is supposed to live in your living room or maybe it comes with you when you go visit family or maybe right. you are having a picnic outside. Um, It's just kind of this like <sighs> this little photographer that can shoot a different angle of your life for you so that you can be in the picture. It reminds me a lot of um kind of what HCC tried to do with the re camera. It reminds me a little bit of some of the features that like the Samsung Gear 360s have. Just the kind of like ability to sort of put this camera off to the side and sort of have it be like this passive, you know, photographer so that you can kind of have these memories backed up. I really, I love that kind of stuff because, you know, when we have like big family get togethers, I often found that People aren't really like taking pictures. And if they are, it's just like my mom taking pictures with like a point and shoot. <laughs> so it's nice to have like all those different perspectives. Um, and I think that's what the Google Clips is supposed. I think it's supposed to be that kind of like, you know, life camera, that sort of passive life camera. It's um, I think it's maybe another sort of way to inspire people to use, like, Google Photos. Um, I forgot who I was talking to about this this week, but uh, we were sort of... We were talking about the fact that a lot of... When you go on Google Photos and you see that the assistant has done work, passive work in the background, they'll put together, like, a little video of your stills from some little, like, weekend trip you took. And, you know, it has, like, the silly little stock background music. And I am sort of... We were just talking about, like, this is just another way to sort of inspire you toward those, you know, experiences that Google Photos can give you. Uh, I am really confused about the price though. $250 seems like a lot for this sort of thing. And I know that it has like all this stuff kind of built into it. It's supposed to be able to smartly pick out when it should be recording you. Um, it, you know, it, you can do like little motion clips with it. Uh, but I don't know. Again, $250.
2: Yeah, that's so that's a really expensive price. But when they were rolling that out on stage, what Mm -hmm. I was thinking was there's probably there's probably an initiative at, at Google where they gather everyone up who's, you know, for this made by Google big launch. And they're thinking about, okay, how could we apply what we're good at to surprising and delightful hardware products? And they're brainstorming and they're thinking about what they can do. And so a big part of the presentation was tapping into machine learning to um, figure out when the perfect moment is to snap your, to get that photo of your dog. You know, uh, what what was the, uh, when your dog is playing with a toy or I I forgot this specific description or when your child is smiling. So they know that they have the ability through machine learning to capture those moments. So someone in that meeting probably said, you know, if we could do this, we could, we could create a camera that is just going to capture those moments. And then someone else higher up says, okay, that's great, Like, do it, go for it. And then, then they start running the numbers. This, I'm just totally guessing at all this, but I think this is how products might come about. And they say, yeah, this is what we could do. Is anyone really going to buy it? How much is it going to take to make this cost effective? And then all of a sudden they decide, you know what, it's got to be $250 if we're, gonna, if we're even going to go down this path. Because probably not a lot of people are going to buy it. But we want to we want to make this at least um, you know let's break even and not lose money on well, it.
0: It's a good advertisement for Google's uh, photo technology and image technology. I do f- imagine that this th- that the meeting was literally we ha- we could do all of this, but who's going to set their smartphone down somewhere on a tripod? Why don't we yeah. just make a thing that is like a smartphone camera and all of the AI we'd built we would built yeah. into it? Um, yeah. Because it you know this could be a phone feature, except nobody's gonna. Just abandon their phone somewhere and let it shoot pictures. So it needs to be its own thing. And yeah, it's a it's a bit of a tech demo, and it's a first generation of a product, so it's pricey. But it is it is a a, a great demo of their technology. I I think their story about privacy is. Um, is great here. This is something that um, has gone back and forth about how Apple talks a lot about how their machine learning based uh, stuff, especially for image processing, doesn't leave the device. And a lot of Google stuff goes into the cloud. And this is a case where Google is saying directly, like, nope, we are doing it all on device. Mm -hmm. The photos don't come off. It's not spying on you. It's not sending all of these images back to a server to be processed. You decide. And that is a great message, too. So it's a great advertisement for, like, Google's uh, you know, privacy concern on this level and technology and machine learning on this level. And yeah, they probably won't sell a lot of them, but... um i don't know amazon wasn't sure how many echoes it was going to sell right and it ended up being a hit so maybe they're maybe they're just thinking this is the start of something um i'm
1: gonna wait for a price drop because uh, again even with all that technology baked in 250 bucks
0: it, it feels a l- little more like you end up uh, in five years everybody's got these in every room of their home and then they just call up the, the surveillance app to pick their photos out later but that'll take a while. <laughs>
2: And also just going back to what Flo said on assistant, just, I mean, it continually, uh, the the assistant uh, portion of photos, it continually amazes me. Like I was, um, I was down by the ferry building on, um, on Tuesday night. And so I I just on a lark, I just took a series of photos of the lights on the Bay Bridge. And I was just snapping away randomly with no intention of making a panoramic (laughs) photo. Um, and then, you know, uh, two hours later I get a little notification and bling, like, check it out. Here's a panoramic photo that you shot. And it was just, it really was literally delightful to, to just discover like with no intention on my own. Google recognized that I had just enough photo content to create a full panorama of the bridge and gave me that photo. And it looked really good. The stitching was, was impressive. So, um, yeah, man, they they re- I think they really knocked it out of the park with Google Photos between the free um, free unlimited storage for photos and videos and just all it can do as far as um, uh, what, what is the feature called? Is it Photos Assistant? W- w- what do they call it, Flo? Uh
1: I think it's just Assistant.
2: Yeah, it's just Assistant. Yeah, between they create videos for you, they'll create travel logs for you. They'll, they'll
1: create little fun, little animated gifts that you can yeah. share on the internet.
2: They'll stylize photos for you, so you take a bunch of photos, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, we stylized it for you." Some people may find it annoying, but um, I remember when when uh, I, can't, I think it was Dylan Tweeney uh, who um, used to be in charge of VentureBeat. He wrote a when 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 Photos was announced a couple years ago and he um and he started using it he found all of his photos cataloged and all of a sudden he was he was shown like dates and time of, of the photos that he shot of his children you know years ago and, and they and google photos brought back the memories for him in a in a really sort of cataloged insightful intuitive way and so he wrote a great great essay about how much he loved it and it does things like that so it's cool
0: yeah totally before we move on from Google, uh, briefly, I wanted to at least mention the Pixel Book. So mm-hmm. it's a new high-end <laughs> Chromebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shades of the of the uh, old. Uh, uh Google Chromebook Pixel of old where it's a high end Chromebook, it's beautiful, it's got i5, i7 processors, it's got a stylus, the Pixelbook Pen. Um you know, it's running Chrome OS and Android apps on Chrome Chrome OS. Uh is this a pro I mean, the the Chromebook Pixel was a great demo of like look look how what beautiful hardware you can run Chrome OS on, but it's still running Chrome OS, um at, which is so successful at the at the low end, low cost part of the market market but this is not one of those laptops so is this this felt to me i'll just lay it out there this felt to me the most uh like google's old approach to hardware which is it just you know look how nice a chromebook can be and then they walk away but uh it is am i right am i wrong to think that
2: now, let me go i'll, I'll jump on that right. so I, I i used it yesterday um, and I, I and we published this morning um, essentially a hands-on of it, and it still has elements of that. I mean, I think you're, it is probably the the least sensible of all the things they announced yesterday. That said, there were two uh, there are two uh, elements there, there are two new features that I think really make this more viable as a premium laptop that regular people would actually buy. And so the first thing is the automatic tethering. So uh, because it's a Chromebook, you do need access to the internet most of the time. That's going to make the experience that much more useful. And so if you have a Pixel phone, and only this automatic tethering only works with Pixel phones, the first gen and this second gen. If you have a phone, the moment you drop off of Wi-Fi, it connects to your phone, and you are you're tethering through LTE. And so anyone who's used a Chromebook when they hear when they hear that, they they, they perk up. And that becomes so. Now it's like a legit, um, you know, it, 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 there's a, it's sort of like a no compromise experience in that respect. And in fact, when they announced that feature during the uh, public presentation, there were claps and people really reacted. And my reaction was, "Damn, that that's what it needs." Um, so, so that's number one. The other thing is the, um, the, the pen, the pen support and how it hooks into Assistant. And so you can draw, um, you can draw around a photo and, uh, machine learning will recognize exactly what is inside that photo. And then Google assistant will pop up and give you links. So if you draw a circle around, um, uh, you know, maybe, I, I don't know what it would be a, well, a, an artist, so a a, a a person you don't know, but you know, he's a musician draw, you know, it's going to recognize the photo of the musician. And then all of a sudden the system pops up and you get a link to his Instagram or uh, maybe um, uh, a, a Spotify um, page. So, so that's really cool. You could also do this same kind of thing with words you don't understand. And um, now that, hooks into, I, I think that sort of leverages our, our um, uncomfortableness with, with speaking into our computers. It's something we don't really like to do with our phones. But if, imagine you're in an office environment. You don't want to, you're not going to use like Microsoft Cortana and voice um, you know, voice something because it's just too weird to do that when you, we when you have other people around you. But if you can do it with a pen, it suddenly becomes you know, much more um, compatible to, to the way we think. So I think between those two, two features, and the fact that it is a really good computer, and that um, for a lot of people they're doing everything in the cloud anyhow, and they don't need, you know, they don't need a full version of Photoshop, and maybe they're not PC gaming, then a Chromebook, a Chromebook in the way, in the way it's implemented in the Pixel Book, you know, is, is something they could get them on board with. And a lot of people do use Chromebooks, so it, it becomes, yeah, it becomes more of a question of like, well, do I want to spend between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars for for this experience? But yeah, you can live in a Chromebook, and it, and it could work. And so, why not have a great one?
1: Mm, I use a Chromebook, and I definitely see its limitations. <laughs>
2: Where, okay. So what, what can you not do on the Chrome?
1: Um, ba- batch processing, like any raw files or just like editing a raw file. Um, but I think part of the reason is because the hardware that I have in the little, in my little, I have a little cheapy Asus Chromebook flip. It's like $500 and it's, it's essentially using, um, the Intel, uh, the mobile processors, um, versus a full-fledged like i5 or i7. So I wonder if like having because I mean you can get one of these Cro- these pixel books with 16 gigs of RAM. So it's just like making me think what is it like what app is it that's going to take advantage of all this memory?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I I want to try one out. I want to see if um I want to try one out and see if it can do all the stuff that crashes my little my little Chromebook flip. Um, And then maybe it is like the hardware that was the limitation all this time and not the operating system. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's, uh, I I do want to ask about assistance because we had some assistance news too, but first let me take a break really quickly and tell you about one of our other sponsors. This episode brought to you in part by timing the smarter way to track time time is your most precious resource you need to know how you're spending it manual time tracking gets in the way it interrupts your workflow it's easy to lose track of i cannot tell you how many times i've tried to do manual time tracking and then i just forget and then i don't know and i look i literally lose track of time and then the whole thing fails and it's a house of cards and it collapses timing is different timing automates your time tracking it watches what you do on your computer saves you as much time as possible it tracks how you spend time on on your Mac broken down by app, website, and document. That's a lot of data to work through, so it lets you drag and drop to create rules that will automatically categorize your time. It understands not a lot, not all of your work happens on your computer. It can automatically suggest to fill gaps in your timeline, so when you get back, uh, you can be like, oh yeah, I was at a meeting then. It can e- even be set up to do that automatically. Like, hey, you're back. What were you just doing? Um, one of the things that I really like about it is that it is tracking things specifically. It's not just you're in a web browser, but it'll say, here are the websites that you are at, and you can actually actually say these websites that i visit are you know this is google docs i'm doing work here and you can specify it and then it knows and it understands that and that is uh that is really helpful in uh in being able to get a detailed view of what you're spending your time on Uh, you can try it for 14 days for free by going to timingapp.com slash download and you will save 10% when you buy it. So stop worrying about time. Focus on doing your best work. Timing's got you. Timing will be watching and will help you out after the fact and let you know what you're working on so that you can be more productive. Thank you to Timing for supporting download. Uh, Before I ask about assistance, I want to mention a story that you may have missed, something that might have flown under the radar, but is worth mentioning. Yahoo. Oh, Yahoo.
1: Whoa, Yahoo. Um, You'll remember
0: (laughs) (laughs) that at the end of last year, Yahoo disclosed that a hack in 2013 affected one billion accounts. Oh my God, that is a terrible hack. A billion people affected. Horrible, horrible. What could be worse? Well here's what could be worse (laughs) this week yahoo said you know actually it was all of our accounts that were hacked three billion of them three
1: billion that's a portion of of the world's population i didn't know there
0: (laughs) were that many yahoo accounts quite frankly but there were they all got uh their passwords encrypted passwords taken but uh still data breach for every single yahoo account uh yeah
1: Including mine.
0: <laughs> including all of us. All of us. So wow. You want to, you want to be thorough. You want to get the job done Why, why only affect a third of the customers yeah. when
1: you can get all them the all? Way. You can affect a, a fifth of the world's population or whatever that fraction is. Yeah. So
0: instead of it being like the Equifax thing where it's sort of like, am I affected? If you have Yahoo, uh, y- yeah, you you were affected. Yeah, That's <laughs> easy. Simple. Thanks. Thanks, Yahoo. Oh, Yahoo. Yeah. Which is now owned by, by Verizon. So, uh, yeah. Cause I, I hope they had some nice indemnification language in the <laughs> purchasing deal. They probably did. All right. Before we go, I wanted to talk about uh, assistance. So um, uh, on the same day that Google had its event, Sonos had an event. Sonos uh, unveiled a new smart speaker that has Amazon's Alexa technology built into it um, and also is going to integrate Google Assistant and and Apple's AirPlay 2 next year um, obviously uh, at the google event google threw out a few new uh, google homes there's a google home mini for 49 dollars. there's google home max which looks kind of like a sonos play 5 it's bigger uh, and and it's got a couple of woofers and it's supposed to sound really good and it has uh ai based of course uh tuning of the of the sound uh, so um can can a company like sonos which does not have its own smart assistant but is has has uh Spend invested a lot of time on sound quality. Is there a place for that kind of a product when you've got the giants of Apple and Google and Amazon and even Microsoft with partners getting into this space? Can, can is Sonos going to still be a thing, or is it is it curtains for the uh, the the high quality connected speaker market? John, what do you think?
2: Uh, I think Sonos can definitely still be a thing. So um, first of all, they they are. Until the the um, smart speakers came around, they were already really big, had a big fan base, and the biggest name in connected speakers, um, bigger than Sony, which is the other name I would I would call out for that. Um, so they they have so much momentum already. Um, they have fans, although momentum won't keep you going forever if there's worthy competitors in the market. But the bigger thing is that they I think they have the sound quality story. Um, uh, in their favor. So, yeah, um, so Google Home Max looks really impressive. I didn't get a chance to hear it. They were scheduling appointments for it, and I just wanted to move on and look at the mobile stuff. So I haven't heard it, but it, it sounds like it's you know a big, booming speaker. But Sonos really goes all out. I mean, they have they're, it's like a serious audiophile product. Uh, I think maybe audiophiles wouldn't agree with me, but to me it's like that's probably as much speaker as I ever need in my house. So I think, yeah, I think they'll go high-end. Um, they'll be niche and high end, and they'll continue to um, to be Sonos, and they'll they'll continue to be successful.
0: Flo, what do you think? Uh, they where where do, where do you take where do you view this? Do you have connected speakers? Do you like this category?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm a little behind the times on the connect. Well, I mean, are your, your speakers uh, are connected wait, wait, by wait. wires instead of computers? Wait, wait. Okay, so the main living room speakers are connected by wires. Yes, they're still the kind of wires that you have to like tie together the old school way. Uh, but that's because it sounds great. Why would we? Why would I cause waste in the world by getting rid of those? First of all, uh, second of all, I do have the two Google Homes, which kind of act as like little speakers inside um, the individual rooms in my house. Which tells you I have way too many of these little things around, by the way. Uh, I have a lot of assistants in this house. Um, but I agree with John. Like, my friends that are audiophiles, they love the heck out of the Sonos ecosystem. They love the Sonos product. And, uh, a really good friend of mine, um, he's actually a really good friend of my husband's. He has this incredible audio setup at his house. And, um, he was the first person in my life out of my, our little, you know, tech circle. Um, I guess I would say one of the first, like, quote unquote, regular people, non-tech journalist person, uh, who had an Amazon Echo in his house, actually. Uh, I didn't really know anybody who had one in their house. And then I went to his and he had it all set up to the Sonos and it, like, everything just integrated perfectly. So I just see this as, like, this is the next logical step for, Sonos to keep itself relevant in the industry, to satiate its fans. Um, they're gonna deliver really great sound. So, and people already, you know, it already has that legacy. Um, so good for them. They're finally up with the times. Welcome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, as somebody who's got a couple of Sonos speakers, I got I I have gotten frustrated by the fact that they uh don't do like the, cuz the Amazon Echo doesn't sound very good but it's so easy to to get the music playing by voice mm-hmm. and my and i do that and my family does that and Sonos it's like get out an app and and like my daughter doesn't have that app on her phone and it's like it's just like forget it i'll just i'll just use the lower quality speaker cuz they don't care it's like easy it's good enough for them so that's been the challenge for Sonos is how do you make it so that it's easier and um you know rather than building your own assistant to just say we're going to build in assistance we're going to be you know we're we're going to support all these different formats. It's like, this is the best they can do. And I, I yeah, I feel like the the big players are not going to, uh, they're going to try to reach a really broad market that is uh, not really Sonos's market. So I think there's still a place for them. Steven, do you have a an opinion on this? I know you've got some connected
3: audio stuff. Yeah, you know, we've got a bunch of echoes. I had a Sonos uh, maybe like a year and a half ago, and I, I just got tired of dealing with their app and, and you yeah. know the echo made it so much easier so i was willing to make the trade off for sound quality i i do wonder you know like, like you're talking about long term if the new echo is good enough for most people you know how will it how will it affect uh, this and and what happens if amazon or google get tired of dealing with sonos and they cut them off i mean there there's lots of questions here for sonos i i just wonder if the Sound quality is enough to to hold their ground or not? I, I worry about it yeah, a little bit. They
0: have some; they've had some success with their uh, Playbase base uh, and the, and their play bar, the their sound bar yeah. products. Those those seem to be uh, doing better for them. Where where they're kind of like in the in the sound bar mind share world a little bit for uh, attaching it to your to your TV and also having it be able to play music. Um, I guess we'll see. I mean, I should also say for people who are really excited about oh Amazon Echo support for Sonos is really great. Um, I will point out that. Right now, at least, it is sort of support for Amazon's music service via Sonos. So, if you uh, there's no Spotify uh, integration yet, Sonos stuff does Apple Music, but you can't control that with voice. Although, when they do AirPlay, maybe theoretically you could do it through Siri, but it's not quite the same. So, it's not right. that one of the challenges here is that that sometimes there are barriers because you're using one company's voice assistant, and it is only capable or willing to use that company's music service, which is kind of a downer because I don't really want to subscribe to multiple music services for different speakers in my life. That seems dumb, but that is sort of where we are right now. All right. Well, we'll see wh- what happens there. Google is, I mean, Google's given those uh, Google home minis away with products. <laughs> like it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's in
3: the box with the pixel. That's two. That's right.
0: So it's, it's a throw in It's $49. It's pretty cool. Um, all right. Well, we'll see where, where that goes. Um, next week, by the way, there's no tech events scheduled, as far as I can tell, which is oh, interesting. Uh, we'll all take a deep breath. Who knows? Amazon may just surprise everybody again. I'm going to use that every week. Like, there's nothing happening, or there'll be a surprise Amazon event, because they do that. <laughs> they just yeah. do that now. They just uh, surprise us all. But uh, yeah, But uh, until then, uh, th- that brings us to the end of this episode of Download Florence Ion. Where can people find the stuff that you
1: do? I'm kind of all over the internet right now. <laughs> so the best way to keep in, and I promise I'll be better about promoting myself, but uh, thus far, the best way to keep up with me is through Twitter and Snapchat at Oh that Flow. Awesome.
0: John Phillips, where can people find the stuff you
2: do? Well, uh, so PCWorld.com, um, TechHive.com, every once in a while, MacWorld.com greenbot.com and then my twitter is john phillips sf that's j-o-n and two l's and phillips awesome and Stephen
0: hackett thank you very much for producing the show as always you are welcome as always and i remain jason snell your host for download and until we meet again next week we will be watching the headlines so you don't have to bye everybody